Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
going on metalheads thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the metal forge i am mark jackson and i am your host happy new year to everyone out there because this is the first episode of 2024 and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna say that again later i'm just getting this weird feeling of deja vu and speaking of guests on the metal forge not you you don't say nothing yet uh we have jeff and i'm gonna like completely butcher his name because i totally did earlier savedra from the band titanosaur from hudson new york and if you're not familiar with titanosaur it is a one-man uh gig and they've been out since 2018 and since then have had one, two, seven full-length albums and quite a few other singles. I'm, I might actually have messed that up. It's probably, I think it's only six. But anyway, today we also have... It's the first, uh, first Metal Forge of the month. It's supposed to be the show deal, Mr. Jason Gardner. But I think he's here to talk about some other things because this is actually going to be a heavy metal wasteland. Yeah, first show of the year, isn't it? It is, and it's the first show of the month. Yeah, well, I mean... And it is the fifth year anniversary show. There you go. And by the time we're recording this, and I said this in the interview that I cut it out, is by the time we're recording this, is officially five years, because it it was on the 3rd of January, not the 5th. So that was the official first uh, by my trademark uh, thing. It is uh, one three nineteen of the Metal Forge. Yeah, three nineteen, man. Like everything before COVID just seems like prehistoric times. It really does. It it really does, and like. I saw a meme uh, over Christmas, and it was wild. It was it was the fucking uh, it was Dan, uh, Danny Zuko and Sandy driving. It said enter, uh, leaving 2019, and it said entering 2024, and it was uh, fucking uh, 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 Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction and Mia Wallace. Where she's all fucking like after the incident in the car or with the fucking OD and everything. Right. And I was just like, nah, man, fucking. 
That's it, it, it totally does seem like that, which is so wild that it that even though it was just five years ago, it seems like it was fucking another world. Yeah, it does. I mean, like I said, like my daughter was let's see, this time five years ago, my daughter was about a month away. Um, so she was born into a pre COVID world. It didn't went through COVID, but she was too small that she didn't even know COVID happened. So, uh, so I have no memory of it, even though I can tell her about it. But yeah, I mean, it's weird thinking about it. But I think that it seems like the uh, effects are still kind of like reverberating just a little bit still, like to me. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't, you know, everyone's still politicizing it, this and that. It's like, dude, it's over. Can we just move on? But they just like to, they just like to remind you that we can shut it down again at any time. Uh, get mine. Just, right. It, it, it always it, just seems like they just hold it over you, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree on that. And, you, so? you know, and I think that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to go into. This is uh, into this next year is a, a little bit of format change with possible interview ideas and more than that even, you know. Just going into the, the Metal Forge as a whole... No holds barred, fucking talk about what you talk about. If the subject is fucking hard to talk about it, fucking bring it up. Why the fuck not? Hogan movie, right? Fuck you. Okay, speaking of which, okay, you brought it up. So, you know, I have this big fucking, like, I hate that fucking movie. Yeah, I know. I absolutely hate that fucking film. Like, dookie. You know, I haven't like, watched it since like I rented it with my dad like a long time ago. Whenever what was I like, ninety, maybe eighty nine or something. Eighty nine, like I think, is when it came yeah, out. Yeah, so I've only seen it, it was, one time when I was little, so I don't even. It remember, was really. filmed during the time that Hogan was gone between WrestleMania four and five, because that was the time when Randy Savage won the championship. And Hulk Hogan went away to film the movie, brother. Um, But no, like, uh, it's just so horribly done. Like I said, I couldn't couldn't remember it. I mean, and it is actually, it's like one of the, it's the first, like, WWE Studios film. Oh, was it WWE Studios film? Yes. And I I made sure to buy it on uh, DVD. When it, when it was released back like 10 years ago just for that reason and and I watched it the one time again and it's like man this is so fucking terrible there's right. so many better wrestling films out there than that if you had to pick one to watch the rest of your life I'm just talking one movie you had a DVD player or VHS and you had to pick one one what movie or one wrestling film no movie. Period. Oh my god! Dude, what if, no, listen. What, between these two, would it be um, No Holds Barred or Over the Top? Over the Top. Over the Top. No, because it's yeah. kind of wrestling too. Yeah, I, but it's arm wrestling. Yes. Yeah. No. Over the gonna, Top. Because the, at I'm least like, yeah, here. you gotta you gotta do the hat spin. Yeah, I gotta put the switch here, and we should get back into talking about uh, Metal Forge material. Yeah. No, this is still total Metal Forge material because. You know, it's Aelhorn, it's Mudforge, it's Metalhorn, it's Metalforge. It's all the same shit, you know? Sa- I mean, Sa- Sa- forgery. Sa- <laughs> <laughs> Sa- 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 Sa
<laughs> no, no, it is definitely not that. Okay. It is definitely not a Sant and Forgery. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Metal and battery. Yeah. It drives your car. No. <laughs> so anyway, no, uh, Titanosaur is pretty fucking cool, and and Aaron had a uh, their latest album in his top five of the year, so I am honored to actually have them here in in the Metal Forge starting 2024. Dude, what are you looking forward to in 2024? Um, like Jason well, Gardner, what are you looking forward to? Well, we talked about it a little bit on the uh, year best of Metal Forge, the last one of the year, but. Um, Getting into a little more detail, um, so there's supposed to be a new uh, Grand Megas album coming out. Uh, obviously, the Judas Priest one's been confirmed for March 8th, I think. Uh, I would say um, the Blind Guardian Night Demon tour is coming near me, so I'll pull into that. Amon Marth and Campbell Corpse and Obituary are playing in Asheville, so I'm pretty excited about that because it's actually a it's actually a um, arena show, which um, is a, kind of a small arena, but nonetheless, there should be a lot of fire and shenanigans. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um, also, I like their last album a lot, so I'm glad that's forthcoming. If I can see it, definitely. Uh, let's see what else. Um, just be surprised by some new albums that you know aren't really on the radar. Uh, it's always fun. I have high hopes for the Priest album, actually. Uh, the, yeah, the like singles said, that the, they've the put out. The second single and video, I really didn't like that much or more, more of the song didn't it, video obviously. But, uh, I heard I heard a snippet of another one they were they put out and it sounded pretty promising so I think the priest album will be good I, I think I'm, so I'm not really worried about it you know right no I, I think it'll be pretty cool yeah and you know yeah that's the other thing uh, I'm definitely in, looking forward to a lot of cool stuff this year myself personally you know a lot of uh shows coming up that are going to be awesome uh march the 30th i have a metal night at art sanctuary 2 coming out um to be announced on the bands for that uh, i also have the birthday show this year uh, at magbar on 426 the actual birthday show uh, and then there is a couple other ones and a big goddamn metal show too. Right? Yeah, I don't even know what's coming our way this year. We have nothing on the books right now. I'm gonna try. To, I'm trying to book some different stuff that we usually don't get to do, like some cool festivals that are like, kind of like off the beaten path kind of stuff. But we'll see. And then I got Steel and Stone, uh, November eighth. Not confirmed yet, but it will be. Um, I'm not that worried about it. And then uh. Yeah, just um, I don't know, just and then like I said, just a random shit that you only know is coming, coming, coming our way. And, oh yeah, because yeah, it's still that. early, man. There's yeah. tons of fucking mm-hmm. tons of time left, you know. Yep, yeah. uh, Lord Dying has one coming out this month, uh, so this month not too much longer before I get some uh, an album I'm looking forward to since our last one, which is one of my favorite albums, probably top top thirty favorite albums, and I have a lot of favorite albums. So the last one was pretty high on my list. So. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one because the first single they released was maybe the one of the heaviest fucking songs I've ever I've ever heard. Like it actually kind of made me uncomfortable. It was so evil sounding. I, yeah. I don't really say that much, but yeah, this shit's pretty fucking intense. I mean, it's it's, it's brutal. So. 
dude, I get it, man. I mean, there's some stuff out there that I love. I love all types of fucking music. I really do. And I hate the... And I know that's such a fucking meme and cliche thing for fucking the metalheads always pointing, oh, she loses the death You know, that fucking dumb shit. I fucking hate that stereotype shit. But yeah, I, I listen to a lot of fucking different things. And, but there's some things out there that is just so fucking, like, heavy. It is immediately off-putting to me. And, but, like, there's some things that are so light that are, too. You know? Yeah. So, it's like, you know, there is that balance, at least, which is cool. But, like, yeah, I don't know what it is for me. I can't, as soon as, it's like, I can't put it into, I, like, I can't quantify it. I can't put it into words what it is. But as soon as I hear it, I know it. And it's like, all right, that's it. I can't know. Yeah. Like, it almost immediately, like, ramps up the anxiety. Yeah. I mean, this song by Lord Dying, it's called uh, I Am Everything, I Am Nothing. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, it, it's so heavy that I get, I got, like, dis- I got, like, disturbed in the daytime. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, it, that is a heavy fucking like song. Intense. And I really like it. I really like that song, and I'm glad you brought it up because, yeah, it is super fucking heavy, but it is so fucking good. Oh, yeah. And I definitely would love to have have them on the Metal Forge. Well, like I said, I've, I've sent a, I've sent a raven, as they say. We'll see if they uh, send them home. Hey, speaking of cliche, what uh, what shirt are you wearing? I am wearing a Coffin Cat shirt today. Cool. Can you name three songs? No, because <laughs> I'm not going to. Because that's fucking garbage too. And I can be a fan Sorry. of the band. You just say you just say cliche. I couldn't pass it up. I know, I know. I mean, honestly, these days on this. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, like I, anybody who does that shit. I mean, anybody who points actually does that shit can suck it. Like, yeah. there's I mean, no I will, room for I, that. I, 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 I pray for the day that someone asks me to name three songs on a shirt I'm wearing. Because I'll name, I'll name. Three fucking full discographies. What year they came out, and you know the order in the proper order. I was really bored of mine, but that's you know that's just me, uh, right? So please, someone ask me. Do you see say me my, like, okay. shirt or Alan Giant shirt or Night Demon shirt or something? Uh, when when people are talking to you about uh, albums and such, and you give the the release here, say just sit there and say Judas Priest. Give me just okay. Do you know what year's albums came out of theirs? I mean, there's so many I can't keep them all straight. Okay, so let's just say um, British Steel, 1980. Okay, at least you didn't say circa 1980. <clears throat> what the fuck does circa mean anyway? Like around 1980? Is I think what I mean? so. Okay, and, and like they say circa 1980, circa 1977. Yeah, and it's like what? They're not really, they're not really sure. Might be seventy six, might be seventy eight. You know, yeah, I, 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 I know. I, I get it now. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So no, like I definitely know that that one was nineteen eighty, and, and yeah, and I love that. But see, that's been always one of my big nerdisms, where some people like memorize the liner notes and albums and shit. Like, I'm not that hardcore, but but I will be like, oh, it's the eighth track on the album. Sure. And it's just like, and that shit I know. Like, I'm a nerd for that. But if like, you really want to blow their mind, it'd be like, it's, it's the first song on the B side. 
it's also the first song on the C side of the two two eight track set. Oh my that's when, that's what Yeah, that's when people are like, yeah, fuck this. I'm out of here. This guy, this guy knows way too much. Yeah, like, imagine fucking saying, like, I don't know, like, billion dollar babies or something. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it was, it was, uh, the first half was on side A. And then the second half was on side B. You know, speaking of billion dollar babies, I know I'm, I keep, like, Changing subjects like rapid fire, Jesus Free song. Um, that that drum beat, that intro. I don't know why it's never considered for like one of the greatest uh, recorded so far. I don't say all time because all time the time's not done. But the recording so far, time up until history, I don't know why that one's not considered one of the greatest because dude, it's 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 uh, recognizable instantaneously. Oh, it is. But I mean, it's, know, it's, it's just I recognizable as like rap, a roll. Well, I think it's the rap at that point, and Alice didn't have a good rap at that point, you know, because that was the whole, I don't think Alice became a real household name until Wayne's World. Right. But I mean, looking back through like the lens of like history, the drum beat has nothing to do with Alice Cooper. I mean, it's just like a drum intro and it should be like it's one of the most famous songs no I agree uh, no I am agreeing with you it shouldn't but because of the association yeah and the the antics done and, and being in the world back in in the 70s and shit dude fucking prude central man but we yeah, went well, on for a minute yeah well I mean I just have a message for these so-called music historians that compile these lists. Uh, go fuck yourself. I haven't wrote the greatest drum intro yet. How about that? Nobody has. This is just a tribute. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't remember the greatest drum beat in the world because this is just a tribute. Dude, we're going to end. Uh, actually, no. What am I saying we're going to end? This isn't. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to start this fucking show the right way. We're going to start it with a song from Titanosaur from the new album, Echoes, which came out uh, back in September of 2023 on the Swamp Records. This is The World Is On Fire.
This is the first episode of 2024, and what an enormous episode it is because we're go- we're dating back into the new year, 65 million years in the making with Jeff from Titanosaur. Yo, what's up? Dude, what is going on, man? Hey, man, uh, uh, just to go along with what you said, uh, I'm also 6'8", so that's also why I'm gigantic, you know. Jesus, are you really? Yeah. Holy yeah. Well, I, shit, man. I used to be 6'10", but, you know, I'm getting old. Right, right, right. And everybody shrinks <laughs> as they get older kind of thing. Well, I mean, you know, also with the head banging, it kind of makes you shorter. True, yeah, because you you know you get whiplash constantly, and you you have to go through the thing, dude. I've been fighting that hardcore here recently. We played some banger shows lately, and I've just given it a little bit too much on stage, <laughs> and like I, I've I I do this hair whip when I'm trying to just get the shit out of my way. And it it's like, oh, crap. Oh, fuck my neck. So I know the whiplash is there. Uh, I'm just yep. I'm just not going to the uh, I'm not going to the deal to the doctor for it. <laughs> uh, so, dude, six, six, eight and, and, and six. T- dude, wow, that is huge. Did you play like basketball and stuff? No, no, I'm uh, six, eight because of uh, one of the conditions that I have. Which makes me really tall and kind of thin, so. Okay, okay, interesting. So no, I, I mean, just like when you, you always assume, I guess, or people assume, like when somebody's that tall, it's like, oh, were you a basketball player or something, or a professional wrestler? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is the most common question, and some people have said that I should answer with, well, not do you play mini golf? So, but uh, you know, I got no problem with it. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> it's like it reminds me of one of my favorite lines in the Big Lebowski. It was when they at the very beginning. So he sits there and he's like, "What the fuck is this? Holding a golf or a uh, fucking uh, a bowling ball?" And uh, the dude says, "Obviously, you're not a golfer." <laughs> but that's not why we're here. See, this is what I told you a minute ago about this show getting fucking derailed. <laughs> it always does. We're always out in the weeds. Tell everybody about Titanosaur. Uh, I, first off, am I saying it right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, you know what? You're one of the first people who says it right. For some reason, other people have trouble saying it. Really? I don't know why. What do yeah. they call it? Like Titanosaur? Uh, something like that. Yeah, putting the accent on a different place. It, it, I don't know. It's weird. But I mean, it's uh, English, yeah, Titanosaur. Right? Um <laughs> <laughs> been around since 2018 uh yeah just uh i was in uh i was doing a project called the ray gun girls for a while for a really long while but that was uh goth industrial or is goth industrial and so it's very dark music and i wanted to make something more rock and roll a little lighter um so i decided to start this separate thing titanosaur which actually has overtaken the Ray Gun Girls in popularity and all that stuff, which is great. Um, so the first album, the first Titanosaur album is pretty silly. It's got a lot of silly songs on it, but uh, I got all my... Uh, so you're the, talking about the song, or the album Eat Me. Yeah, exactly. That, nice. That. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and I do love the cover of it because it, it's just, you know, e- you know, eating the evolution of man. 
It it's all great. And it and it time it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when I, I remember seeing bad the out the where it's just such the white background album and it's just like with with an image on there of like Michael Jackson. I'm not saying it looks like that, but it like a white album cover always reminds me of that album for some reason. Except for the Beatles, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, actually, Aaron Assant, uh, fellow yep. Flame Keeper here, uh, had your newest album put in his top five for yeah. uh, 2023, uh, the Echoes album, uh, which came out back in September. So, before we talk actually about that, uh, Aaron actually wanted to know how did you come up with the name? Well, um, so I was starting in 2018. I wanted to start something different. So I wanted to do it heavy. I knew it would be heavy. I knew it would be rocking. So I needed the name that would sound that way. And the first thing that came to me was some sort of dinosaur. But if you look up dinosaur names for heavy metal bands, they're almost all taken. Right. They're very popular. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, let's face it. I mean, the most the most famous probably is T Rex. T Rex, right from the seventies. Yeah, um, that's definitely the most famous. But uh, yeah, no. There's rhinoceros. There's acid mammoth. There's tons of different mammoths. Um, so I and then I remembered that I had just seen a documentary uh, on the discovery of the titanosaur, and that sounded perfect. And nobody else had used it. So I was like, all right, there we go. Nice. So Fortune kind of smiled at you there for a second where uh, you you came in right at the right time where nobody had it. it they discovered a new species for you. Exactly. <laughs> but so the, 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 the funny thing, though, is that a titanosaur actually looks like a brontosaurus, but that's not very intimidating. So on the logo, I use a T-Rex kind well, of thing. Of course. Yeah. I mean, hey. <laughs> You always have to have embellishment with the artwork. I mean, I mean, if we all put the rough draft on there, I mean, it wouldn't work, <laughs> would it? I mean, most of them would be stick figures for the most part, I would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least they would be on my end. It's like, and, and like extremely disproportionate ones. <laughs> Alrighty, well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, they can be vicious too. <laughs> oh yeah, no. no. <laughs> so with the new album release, obviously this is just you doing this. And Correct. Yeah, I, it's mostly just me. I mean, I do have guest guitars coming in, and sometimes guest vocalists. But yeah, okay, uh, which is cool. Which you know, I think is always something that is an interesting thing when you can have hey man or chick or whoever throw this throw something on this you know yeah. I, I dig that stuff and honestly I think I'm gonna do that on my next thing which is so because I've seen some other people do it and I'm like hey that sounds like a pretty cool deal so with because uh, like I said before I still call even a single project single person project or guests uh, session project I still call it a band I hate calling I hate calling music projects so even with this just being you has there ever been the time where this has been played out live or has considered being played out live 
So I stopped playing live in 2009 because of my heart condition. Okay. Um, so no, I haven't played live. I do write the songs with the idea in mind of them being played live. So uh, because I remember Def Leppard said that once, you know, you write as if you're going to be playing in a stadium so that, you know, the sound from here from the stage gets to the people all the way in the back and it doesn't sound like mud. So I, I keep that in mind when I'm writing, but I would love to be able to play them live. And hopefully if I get a heart transplant, because I'm also on a heart transplant list. Oh, wow. I'll be able to play them live after that, hopefully. Wow, man. That's pretty hardcore, dude. So I I had no idea to any of that. I mean, yeah. that's crazy, man. Uh, is and like, is everything okay? Well, uh, it, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it gets. I have to decline in health to be able to, you know, right get a heart. So right. Um, I've been in and out of the hospital last year. Um, it's all over my Instagram. Uh, last year I was in the hospital four times. Um, and probably be going in at some point in the next month, maybe, depending on how things go. Um, so, yeah, as long as I'm waiting for a heart, I'm going to be in and out, in and out. So I'm trying to do as much music as I can in between. Definitely. Yeah, and you just said that, and that blew me the fuck away, man. Like, even with, even with being in the hospital four times in a year, that's a lot. And I was in, you know, I've been in there twice in a year and it fucking seems like a fucking lot. So I can't even imagine that many. And, and you put a fucking album out and it's like, shit, man, as long as, and some other stuff too, you've got, you know, some EPs and singles from last year. So I started putting, putting out singles at the end of 2022, just with the idea of putting something out there, uh, making sure that you know the the music is still heard and then i was like uh, this has to be an album because i i need a goal um so while i was in the hospital january to february five weeks i wrote some riffs wrote some lyrics when i got home put them all together and there you go it, an album definitely so when you're in the hospital for a prolonged amount of time like that do you have like somebody that has brought you a jam stick or do you have a guitar with you? I mean, are you still trying to be productive while you're, while you're there? Well, for, for sanity, they, they allow me to bring my guitar there. They give me a private room. Um, I think that's, they have it in mind for anybody going through a heart transplant. It's like, you know, you gotta be sane. You gotta keep your mind healthy too. Um, so they give me a private room where I can bring my guitar. And so I plug it straight into an iPad, um, record some riffs on GarageBand, and then when I get home, I put them into the computer and put them all together. Definitely, man. Holy shit, dude! That's a—I mean—that's a kick-ass way of doing it. I mean, you, I mean, to me, uh, you know, you had said the thing about Def Leppard. Uh, you know, right for the stadium, right? Like you're always going to play it live. And I agree with that. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, as the dude has been in his life in his later years, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger actually had a very good tagline, uh, catchphrase, whatever you want to say, a motto. He said you could either have results or excuses, not both. 
So I totally dig that. And dude, that's what you've done. I mean, you've made it to where you've you've still been able to to write and everything. That's fucking amazing. Well, the other thing is that um, on top of everything else, I'm also autistic, and uh, so it making the music that I make helps me um, avoid violent meltdowns because I've always had violent ones, which is not fun, um, and don't want to destroy more property than I have already. So. Uh, making that chunky, heavy, loud music helps to get that energy out. So I have to keep doing it. I have to find a way to keep doing it. If I stop, then that's where everything goes wonky. Definitely. So I am actually reading the bio now. And it says New York hard rock metal. A dash of Monster Magnet, a pinch of Red Fang, a large dose of Motorhead, and some Ramones for uh, for good taste all poured over a bed of Black Sabbath. Dude, I have never <laughs> read a more on-point write-up. Like, dude, this should honestly be a write-up from a PR company because that's it, because of the way it is. And I can hear how everything is yours, but I do catch those little dashes and influences like we all have. You know, sure. I, we all have like our moment where it's like, eh, it kind of sounds like a Judas Priest thing. I don't know if I should do that. Or that kind of sounds like Maiden or that sounds like T-Rex or Ozzy or who the fuck ever. And so I dig it. But Motorhead... I am a huge Motorhead fan, like through and through. Uh, on the death day this past week, I posted a video from getting to see Motorhead in 2015, a few months prior to, to Lem's passing. And like, so do you have a favorite era of Motorhead or, or what is it? What's, what's your Motorhead <laughs> deal? Well, well, I really got into Motorhead um, with No Voices in the Sky. I was in high school. Um, so I, I like that album a lot. I don't think there's a single song I skip over on that one. But the uh, one that I really like, which other people seem to not like as much, is the Rock and Roll album. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> to me, that album is perfect all the way through. It's energy, and it gets me going. Um so yeah, that's the era uh, that I like around that time. Okay, so I you're prefer. a you're a big four person Motorhead fan. Yeah, with the four guys. Yeah. Hell yeah! See, that's that's interesting because like, not a lot of people that I know gravitate towards that era. Yeah, you get the people who who will always say like "Born to Raise Hell" or something, or "Hellraiser." You know, just because it's it's Hellraiser, right? But no, like actually, you know, you say no voices in the sky. I fucking love that era. And, but I, truth be told, I'm a fan of the entire career. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. obviously. But like for me, it's like they're broken down specifically into three separate eras, and it's original lineup, four person. And then new classic lineup is what I call it. New Coke lineup Motorhead, <laughs> which, you know, fucking was still a great lineup. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. Know? And, uh, but when it got a little long in a tooth, it was like snakebite love for me. 
Yeah, not yeah, a so, big so fan of that but, album. but that last album that they put out was actually to me is a lot better than the previous two albums right um, i'll i'll go with that yeah, yeah the world is yours and aftershock to me they had while they had good songs they were not like playthrough albums like i'm used to with that band like yeah. uh which the album before that would have been like motorizer so yeah <laughs> I totally get And this is where the tangent comes in. Uh, so I dig a lot of that, you know, and I hear what you do and I like what you do. And I'm just, man, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, the description, because I had come from a dark, like everything very serious kind of uh, music that I was making. I just wanted, I was just having fun with it. And everybody who reads is like, that's perfect. That's, it's, um, that's my little sense of humor there. Well, it is. And it totally, it totally fits amazingly to it because from riffage to lyrical, like delivery to maybe how maybe what you're writing it seems like i get like a, a little bit of that in there so when you're writing vocals this is an aaron question as well shout out to aaron asant from asant and battery again um he wants to know when whenever you do write your lyrics um what's your process i have uh well i i on my phone, I have a notes app, and so I just pretty much put stuff in there constantly. Uh, so most of the lyrics are really pieced together from tons of notes that I have, or sometimes a note that I have will spark the rest of it. Um, so that's mostly the place that I, I get my lyrics from. Very rarely, but it does happen, do I write with a specific idea in mind. Um, like I'm Still Here, uh, which I put out that was one of the songs I recorded in the hospital. Um, <clears throat> that song was a specific idea. I wanted to do something about my history. Um, so it, there are a few of those here and there, but most of them are just patched together from my notes. Definitely. And me being a lyricist for my band as well, I totally get exactly what you're saying. You might have like a four line thing hit you and it sit there for six months and then yep. you come back to it. And I think that is an amazing thing now in the digital world, because, you know, before I did this, it and you, you know, you wrote it all on paper. And if you didn't have like a good system... I still have papers in my closets of lyrics that I have not used from 20 years ago in notebooks. Yeah, and my wife hates that. I have tons of papers <laughs> all over the place from years ago when I was writing them on paper. I have no idea. I haven't looked at them. I don't think I'll ever look at them, but I can't get rid of them. They're there. They're well, yeah, they're part. They, they go into the into the collection, into the archive at this point, right? I yeah. mean, I can only, I mean, you probably have stuff that's still recorded on cassette tape, too. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I, have a, I had a small uh, four track that we recorded um, one of my first bands on. Um, it was a punk band, so we recorded it on there. 
Definitely. So it sounds like you, with what you were you were talking about with the uh, kind of like the goth uh, thing that you were doing as well. You seem like you come from like the like the punk goth uh, deal more than metal. I guess. Well, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say that uh, definitely uh, more on the punk side. Um, when, yeah, I write riffs that are that seem like they would be more punk if you just look at the chords or how I play it. But when I put it down, slow it down a little bit. I mean, that's what Corrosion of Conformity started off as a hardcore band. Right. Turned into heavy, blues, whatever. Um, so I'm sort of going with that feeling and just letting it flow. I'd like to think that, I'd like to say that uh, it's really a New York sound that you hear. Because yes. uh, I grew up in New York City. And so I feel like that kind of bleeds through the sound of the dirt and the grime and the noise and the subways. Um, I feel like that kind of bleeds through a little bit. Yes, it does. And and I think that is a... It's a thing. It, 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 I can't explain it, it, but it's a thing that, that people from New York have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just as the same as you could tell the L.A. bands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way they sound... Even today, even today, and it doesn't matter. It could be, it could be a new wave of, of traditional heavy metal band, but if they're from California and they're from New York, you still have those way two different sounds. And I think that is amazing because I'm Midwest and we have our own thing here too. And it's just, dude, that's one of the things that I love about the melting pot of heavy culture, uh, alternative uh, culture, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the th- uh, Being into metal and our, our degenerate cousins punks and our other uh, degenerate goth cousins and shit like that and keep going. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're all, we're all part of the same scene as it is. But, like, I love how just as even if it was in the the 60s 70s 80s even to now you geographically we still have a dialect musically yeah yeah it, it, i i think it's well it has to do with the weather and yeah the noise it just gets into your bloodstream it gets into your dna um for new york or for california it's you know the the ocean side um, the dryness, the sun. Um, I, I think that definitely gets in there, and that's what comes out when you're playing. Definitely. Well, and here's a, here's a probably I just this just hit me was when you really think about it, and you and you want to sit there and you could compare two bands that are on the flip side of each other, uh, Bruce Springsteen and the Eagles. Yeah, you know they real Americana rock, seventies based. They both have something similar in what they're trying to say, but you got that East Coast West Coast that difference, and that pre- yeah. that's right there. Probably uh, that's probably a really good example that, it, and that's probably the only time 
either of those two will ever be mentioned on the Metal Forge. <laughs> well, uh, you, you could also talk about uh, Overkill from New Jersey. Yes. East Coast. And yes. uh, maybe Testament. I believe they're from California. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, they're uh, a Bay Area thrash band. And yeah, yeah. with Overkill, you know, same era. Uh, totally different sounds. You know, you go with with any of them, even with like Florida. You know, because even that stuff is different. It's more into the death stuff. That's what I've loved about documenting the music scene like I have over the last five years. And that's what this... Actually, this is the official fifth year episode. uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, so fuck yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, like I totally dig that. So when you're actually getting into the writing process... How do you go about it? Do you, what do you do? <laughs> well, um, I got, I got, so I have riffs uh, that I've recorded. Um, a lot of times I could basically write a whole song in one hour um, and then refine it and cut it up and make it presentable. But basically in an hour I can write a song. The riffs just keep coming. I lay down a, a a beat for about six minutes or seven minutes, depending on what I'm feeling. And I pick a, pick a BPM 120, 60, and then I just record whatever comes out. That's generally how it works. Um, and then I listen back to it, hear what goes in the right spot, fix up the drums and then start thinking about lyrics. Okay. So when you lay down your beat as it is, now I'm assuming at the beginning it's just straight up bare bones and then you and then you go back and you're like, "Okay, well maybe I could add this fill here and these these uh, extra crescendos and and stuff like that." Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. While I'm playing it, I hear it. I hear what I want to have happen. Uh, with the bass or the drums uh, while I'm playing it, while I'm listening to what I'm playing, uh, it all, it's, it's a really weird thing, but it, it works. So I haven't examined it too deeply. Definitely. Absolutely. So on your drums as well, and I know this is like, for me, it doesn't matter because I don't care either way, because if it, if it sounds good, go fuck yourself. This way I say it. If it sounds good, don't fucking shit talk. Go fuck yourself because it still sounds good. When it when it comes to drums, I'm assuming uh, programmed. You're not actually playing anything. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and, I don't have. And I know a lot of people fucking like hate that shit. And like I said, I mean, people, you have to do what you do and what it, you know, in the to get the end result, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Um. And, and I worked. I worked at trying to get the drums to sound as real as I could get them to. So right. it's a little bit of reverb, some thump in there. Um, but yeah, they are programmed. You know, and that's the thing is, twenty years ago, yeah, it was garbage technology. Well, yeah. I mean, your kick drum sounded like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like every t- everybody had the zoom pedal that had the fucking the the pre-programmed fucking shitty drum beats so they could learn how to keep time right and (laughs) like 
but but today that's completely different. And yeah, I I I mean when when huge bands are mixing a a sim kit with a fucking real kit live when it's triggered that means that hey the technology has come that far that we can pre-program drums if we need to yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, and as you said it's it's and it's people nitpick over good. the dumbest shit over that yeah is the way i see it so hell yeah man so I know we've kind of derailed a few minutes here, which is totally cool with me because, hey, that's what it's all about here. And I am going to go ahead and switch over because these are questions about you as a person. Uh About Jeff the Titanosaur. (laughs) Uh, What is your biggest goal for this year? Oh, (laughs) The biggest goal for this year is to have a heart transplant. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> well, that uh, is a huge goal, and yeah, hopefully that uh, hopefully that does happen. Yeah, I mean it's it's a weird thing to hope for. Well, because, you know, I understand, what has to happen. but it, it, if it needs to happen, and it's something that yeah. yes, I understand. Yes, absolutely, and I. If it's going to improve your quality of life, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, musically, I am looking f- towards putting on another album. I already got a single that's going to be coming at the end of January. Um, so, and, and I got a, I got some other stuff happening throughout the year. So, hell yeah! And that's, dude, that's awesome to hear already that you're, you've got something new coming out at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and here we are at the beginning. We should have had you at the end so you could have debuted it. No, <laughs> and I'm kidding. Um, what tech item or app that people love that you refuse to try? What tech? Tech? Yeah, what tech uh, item or app? Jeez. What do I refuse? Um, uh, Snapchat. I mean, I I refuse to use that kids are using that still <laughs> i don't know if they are i don't know times. are are the hip happening uh kids that listen to this show most of our people are between 35 and 55 uh <laughs> if there are any <laughs> any kids out there listening to this show are you using snapchat still i think they use the instagram i see a lot of instagram stories from from uh we recently played an all-ages show, and we hadn't played an all-ages show for a long time. And, like, we immediately went up, like, 100 follows. And it's all of these kids from this show, and, and they're nice. all like, story, 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 story. And it's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the Instagram these days. Maybe it's Instagram. I mean, I don't refuse to use any anything that'll work. I just don't use a lot of stuff. One, because of money. Two, because the learning curve. I don't have time and patience right. to learn a lot of stuff. So that's Well, and I think some of that, too, is it's not necessarily a learning curve. It's some of these app manufacturers out there make it really hard for older people to grasp the concept because, you know, you because of, like, they change, like, 
hashtags and shit like that so constantly. They change the algorithm so much that unless you're like constantly on it, that you don't get it. Maybe. Yeah, that's possible. Have you ever had a this can't be happening moment? And and what was it? Uh, Well, (laughs) when I got told I need a heart transplant, Mm. uh, I actually wrote a song this this isn't how it was supposed to be. Um, but uh, 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 on a positive side of that reaction, uh, I mean, of having that kind of reaction was when I met uh, Chris Cornell. I was just walking down the street one day um, and they were having a concert at this venue and I was walking past that venue. No plans to to, to meet them or anything. No plans. I, I don't think I was even had tickets for the show. He was hanging outside with uh, Matt, with the drummer. They were just hanging out outside. And so I went Damn. up, got got out of my bag a, a binder that I had. I said, yeah, this is a total surprise to me, but can you autograph this? <laughs> he found it kind of funny, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. So you, so was it a, a binder of your lyrics? Oh no! Oh, I, I damn! Was in col- I was in college back then. <laughs> ah, so so it was the hope of you have your lyrics signed by Chris Cornell. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be. Uh, I was that cheese uh, cheese ball that did that to Anthrax because it was the only thing I had was a copy of my CD, and I was just like. Uh- I don't know. Sign this. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's sort of in the kind of the, a different vein, but the same. Um, I interviewed Johnny Ramone, and I have a Ramones record from that I got from my uncle, so I took that with me. But it's with Dee Dee on it, and the whole band was there: CJ, Joey, everybody, uh, Marky. And so I had them sign it, and CJ was like, "Where do you want me to sign?" <laughs> so well, you could sign over Dee Dee. That's okay. Oh. <laughs> Oh, come on. Everybody loves Dee Dee, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he wrote some of the, the classic lyrics, too. So, uh, What is the perfect day for you? From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, what is the perfect day? Oh, the perfect day is at least having at least four hours of working on music for me. I mean, that's I love making the music. I love listening to it. I love the whole process. Um, so that I'm lactose intolerant, but if we're talking about a perfect day, having pizza for lunch, um, and, uh, I don't know, watching a a movie or two in the afternoon. And that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm a really simple guy. Hell yeah. I mean, aren't we all to a degree? I mean, we all kind of, most of us are, I mean, unless you listen to like new country music, I don't know what, what that is. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gosh. (laughs) People, people get upset these days. No, but for real. Um, so, uh, p- uh, pizza. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Don't hold out on me. Uh, what's your, what's your toppings? Um, well, I love plain just because if you're in New York anyway, it's so oily and, and yes. it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, I will, uh, I agree with that because it already has the oil from the from like the cheese on it yeah. and the in the sauce. Yes, but like yeah. if 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 you had to your ultimate go to, yeah, I mean, I also like uh, when they when they put the chicken uh, barbecue chicken on 
or just broccoli. Yeah. Hell yeah. Do you have a Do you have a spot you like to go to? Uh, well, in, in I haven't been there since college, but in I went to college in the city in New York City, and uh, there was this pizza place that every college student went to because they had ginormous slices. I mean, they they were like you could only eat one slice. There was so much pizza in that. Right. Um, so those were great because they were giant. They were oily. It was great for after a hangover. Uh, you get one of those pies and it'd last for a week. Hell yeah. Uh, we have a place and they actually sponsor the Metal Forge here, Pizza Denisi. And this is not actually a an ad, uh, but their, their slices are like that. And they have like the one of the month kind of thing. Like uh, Figgy Stardust was for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully this year for Big Goddamn Metal Show 2, hopefully we'll have a Metal Forge pizza for the metal the the pizza of the month in October. (laughs) Nice. I'm I'm starting that ball rolling now. (laughs) But no... uh, and movies, I mean, are, are, do, you, do you have a, a specific do you go to, or are you, are you just a, a film connoisseur? Uh, well, I guess I might be considered a connoisseur. I know a lot about a lot of movies. I know enough to get to get in trouble. Me too. Um, as the saying goes. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I definitely prefer a certain kind of movie, uh, and it also depends on my mood. Um, like. I'll, I'll see any Mad Max movie. I'm excited for the Furiosa movie that's coming out. Right. Um, I, I think that Titanos for Music would be great on the soundtrack. I think so, too. Uh, it fits. Just, it really does fit. Just putting that out there? Yeah, it fits the landscape. Maybe we can uh, Maybe we could send this to some... Send us some, to some executives types. Sure. Hell, yeah. Um Okay, so you prefer a type of movie. What what type of movie do you prefer? Well, I definitely like action a lot more than or or thriller. I guess is the appropriate title. Um, definitely like thrillers. Um, a good thriller would be great. Okay, so I, I get that. Hell yeah. Uh, any specific era, like eighties to now? I mean, I mean seventies. I mean. Uh, it, a thriller so is a thriller. I, I, uh, well, so I don't get much sleep. Um, I don't sleep much. I have about four hours a, a night, and so I watch a lot of movies because you know at three o'clock in the morning, what else is there to do? Right. So I, I I've watched a lot of the seventies movies multiple times, like uh, the Conversation. Uh, that's the only one that's coming to mind right now, but I've I've seen quite a few French doing. Connection, <laughs> The Godfather. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you you've got to you've got to do The Godfather anyways. I think that's uh I think that's a must watch on anybody's list. I mean, I think most cinema, even if it's garbage trash cinema, should be watched. Because there yeah. is an art form to it at some degree. Maybe not in major Hollywood motion pictures today. There are still some out there that are, but you know, it's just as if, you know, there's there's albums that bands put out that are the equivalent to Hollywood, um, but there's still the, the ones out there that are artist-driven, which is why, you know, 
why I have bands like yours and everybody else's on the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hell yeah, man. So I have one more question, but before we get to it, as always, links are listed below, so give a like, a share, and a follow. Go buy merch. They do have some awesome fucking shirts in the Bandcamp store. I am looking at them right now, and Aaron, uh, I think it was actually Santa Claus, uh, debuted a Titanosaur Raglan shirt on uh, on an unsleeved for Aaron this past month in uh, Flamekeeper land. And I was just like, dude, I love Raglan shirts. But for, for whatever reason, every manufacturer says they can only make them at 2X. Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, I, I do it on demand. And yeah. The Raglans only go up to 2X. And I don't understand that at all. It's just like, what? How in the hell can Hanes, Fruit of the Loom, Gildan, fucking, I don't know, Zartan, fucking, he's a G.I. Joe guy. Uh, uh, I mean, whoever's the fucking shirt manufacturer can only do it up to 2X. Yeah, I have no idea. I I don't either. That's so that's my bitch of the day. No, <laughs> but seriously, you should go buy. Uh, Jeff has CDs in there as well. Um, awesome shit, dude. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Um, well, uh, I mean, some of the bands that I work with uh, regularly, Demon Scar. They're another New York band. They're awesome. You should, you should, everybody should check them out. Um, I do a, a yearly Motorhead cover with them. Um, last year we did uh, bad something. It's totally blanking right now. Bad religion. But the, no, we did uh, it was a Motorhead song, and another one. God damn it! <laughs> but we're gonna be doing another one this year. It's usually around August. Hell um, yeah. And then Gorilla Wizard is another New York Brooklyn band. Uh, they're really cool. It's it's like sort of sludge hardcore. It's some great stuff. Um, and Bovine Nightmares are gonna be. I just came out with something new, and they're gonna be coming out with more stuff. Another, I think they're Pennsylvania. I don't know, but another East Coast band. Hell yeah! I'll. So. I, I've actually never heard of Bovine Nightmare. I'm gonna have to check them out, just because the fucking name is amazing. Be yeah, their new, their new song is great. Fuck, hell yeah, man! So, Jeff, thank you. But before we leave, there is that one last question, and that is, how do you? define success uh, I used to define it as um, being able to survive off the music you know I'm in my 40s now that, that's not going to happen <laughs> but I mean success is, is really having uh, people be able to listen to music as many people as possible just spreading the music you know I keep the prices low precisely for that so that everybody can have you know get to it um and success is really just getting the music heard fuck yeah man i agree with that 100 percent. it doesn't matter if to me you know being in my 40s also now is the thing of saying like it doesn't matter if it's 50 people 150 people you know 15,000 or more people as long as it's being heard it's being heard, and that's what matters. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, it's it's one fan at a time, and that's that's how 2023 was, and and I met a lot of people one fan at a time, and it's great. Fuck yeah, and you know, and I was actually turned on to you guys. Or I say you guys. I always <laughs> the royal, you know, the editorial we. <laughs> I always refer to the Metal Forge as you know. We'll have to look at the calendar and see. And by we, I mean me and the mouse in my pocket. Yes, <laughs> uh, me and the two cats that work here. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I had actually, you know, come across your profile before uh, on. Uh, Instagram, I believe, may, uh, somewhere I had saw the name Titanosaur back in like 2020, 2021. And I'd always meant to reach out. And I was like, and seeing Aaron's video, I was like, fuck, I need to do that. I need to. It's like, there, there they are again. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate you coming on to the Metal Forge this week. Thank you. My pleasure fucking for taking time out of your day to do this uh it does mean a lot and on our way out today from your whole discography there of titanosaur if you wanted to leave anybody with anything what would you leave them with uh i'd probably go with eater of death that song means a lot of different things and it's a survival song and uh yeah it's a fight song and and it's fucking rocking so yeah absolutely and you heard him this is eater of death
Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy. And they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats. They're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com. BigCartel.com What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, 
you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code MetalForge10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana, is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to rock school, weekend warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason 
The Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Yeah. 